0: Tonight on Twilight Tonic, as always, I have the most amazing guest. But tonight, this one is very special. I really am looking forward to talking to James Keenan tonight. He has nine books out. Some of them include The UFO and Alien, The Shape Shifting Scare at the Skywalker Ranch, and more. You can get those on Amazon. He is an archaeologist and an anthropologist. And. Gosh, there's so much you have done, James. <laughs> you have worked for the Discovery Channel, History Channel, and the Travel Channel. How are you tonight, James?
1: Oh, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.
0: Thank you for coming on, James. How did you get started in this? I just have to ask that question.
1: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, uh, when I was younger, I had uh, a couple paranormal experiences. And uh, as a police officer, I had uh, one big one, and I kind of found it interesting as to the fact that, you know, you really weren't supposed to talk about anything like that. Uh, and as I got older and finally uh, retired or out of that, uh, out of law enforcement and, and civil investigations, um, I decided that... With my background uh, from the university being in anthropology and archaeology that there was more to uh, what people you know coin paranormal or i I prefer to say high strangeness because there's just so much of this phenomena occurring around Mm -hmm. the world that seemed to be directly related to or at least has occurred well in the past that was documented and It was just the fact that those in the past didn't have anything really to, um, to understand what was going on and and they didn't know what to compare it to. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they, their oral traditions were put in a way that they were under, you know, able to understand whether it be this large bird that's flying in the sky, you know, that's on fire, um, and things of that nature. And. So after a while, just investigating from both sides, it seemed that so much was intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so my goal is to provide scientific data points in regards to the high strangeness and the fact that you know maybe a lot of the stuff that we're seeing or experiencing is just not currently understood at the time. And hopefully, hopefully within my lifetime at least some of mm-hmm. it uh, will have you know different uh, meaning and understanding
0: right did um your experiences can you tell us what they were oh yeah Wait,
1: the, so. Uh, so i i when i was young i had a couple of shadow figure experiences mm-hmm. and then when i was a police officer uh we went into a excuse me a house that was having Uh, quite a bit of domestic violence issues for uh, a long time running. And we experienced just some um, very crazy phenomena, paranormal, um, in regards to like the walls uh, moving as if there were faces inside of it and things of that nature kind of freaked my partner out. And uh, I found it fascinating. (laughs) Yeah, I I found it fascinating. Um, And, you know, things like that that occur, I just want to know more Mm -hmm. and learn more about it and how it takes place. And, you know, can you interact with things of that nature? I'm just curious. Right. And I want to see if there, you know, is uh, always if there's just a natural explanation to something. And if not, you know, maybe try to find uh, what's occurring or, or how to interact with something of that kind
0: exactly i think that's really an interesting thing that you brought up i think we're all are seeking some kind of answers sure and it's really unique because you want to do it both like through books and scientific research which is awesome my next question is with you i know you're an anthropologist and an archaeologist and now i'm beginning to realize why this ties into everything yeah so one of the subjects you brought up which i find fascinating is central america can you tell us a little bit about the activity in, in mesoamerica
1: yeah sure so um you know there's just all this lost history uh there have been other cultures and civilizations that have come and gone that we're just unaware of because of how ancient they are and as you go through those records or what very little is remaining because of you know natural disasters cataclysmic events you know the Spaniards coming in and and destroying 99.9% of any type of codices or books that were available um we lost all that history and i just find it interesting that there's probably some of these cultures and civilizations that were as advanced if not more advanced that we've just lost knowledge of Mm -hmm. and does that play into any of this uh phenomena that takes place currently um is it something like a relic or an artifact that remained or were they tapping into some type of natural phenomena that occurs, whether that be atmospheric or something that we just don't know about mm-hmm. that we still consider paranormal that they had already understood as some type of scientific, uh, capability. Um, you know, and then you look at other things like how the, the Maya were so advanced, um, in their astronomical capabilities with astronomy. And it, it makes you wonder if those were things that we're capable of still seeing from them because we see their observatories, mm-hmm. like such as in Chichen Itza. What do we not know about that was lost because of, you know, what I discussed, that those cataclysmic events, natural right. disasters, whatever. And in some of those records, some of them are really interesting because you yeah. look at it, and now you say, hey, th- this object that is in the petroglyphs or pe- uh, pictographs or on stelae, uh, located throughout uh, what's now currently Mexico or, um, you know, Guatemala, Honduras, um, they look like aircraft or something that's capable of flight, uh, or you see these anthropomorphic or zoom zoomorphic figures you know anthropomorphic being human like zoomorphic animal like that are very unique uh there's mythology and folklore that we know about that is very similar to what they have yet if they've put this down you know how would they have known unless they saw something physically like that right and So there's all this lost historical data, and the possibilities of you know going through that that has just been misplaced in the museums in Spain or in Mexico City um, or in Santa Fe, New Mexico, or maybe finding um, new documents or you know new stelae or an artifact uh, through a lot of the ground penetrating radar or 3D ground imaging that I use as I go on, you know, excavations or searches, Mm -hmm. uh, what those opportunities are to meld this lost history, high-tech culture, and maybe even um, eliminate some of what we consider paranormal and make it understood. I I think it's just fascinating that it's all intertwined.
0: I think it's fascinating, but that's a really good point. I remember I had a very open-minded mom when I grew up. and She had a lot of experiences. She always said it was just part of nature, which I thought was fascinating. You know, I just, I just think we don't understand the answers like you're saying. So we're always looking and seeking and coming up with just the word paranormal when it might be just nature or normal.
1: Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, religion is based so much on, uh, you know, unexplained phenomena or not understanding something. So you create something to to understand and make sense of it.
0: Right. Interesting. Now, you go to all these different places. Have you had experiences with UFOs Uh, since you've been doing all this research or cryptids? Sure. So...
1: There is a location in Mexico that's not well known. It's known as Xihuacan. Uh, 99% of the ancient city is still buried. Um, There is a pyramid that they have excavated, and it's completely covered in clay. And on the top of this pyramid is this square um, made out of stone, a square that's been placed directly in the center. And a lot of the locals in the town that has now been built on top of the ancient city because they didn't know it existed. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have just hundreds and hundreds of photos of a lot of uh, UFOs or unidentified aerial phenomena. Um, and it's just so interesting because to these individuals, it's just day-to-day life. They, they don't mm-hmm. plan on, on putting it on social media because a lot of them, you know don't have access to the internet still right. they don't try to make money out of it they just happen to take photos and they're like oh yeah here by the way this was tuesday night when this <laughs> happened or, or you know a month and a half ago and there's so much activity at this site and, and then when you add the history that we found out through um, you know the stonework and the artifacts that have been collected of how important this site was and it's still not completely understood it really makes you wonder what was going on especially when they're discussing uh, other beings that lived there uh, in regards to that those of great stature so giants they the current anthropologists archaeologists believe people from all over mesoamerica were traveling there to uh, practice their religion Mm-hmm. But, I have a feeling that it was more they were actually going to uh, meet with their deities, these individuals of great stature or beings that looked different than them. I think right. they were living living people or or other beings, whatever you you want to have it, and they were alive
0: yeah and you mentioned giants yes, interesting
1: there is a lot of history of, you know, people of great stature or beings of great stature throughout uh, Mesoamerica and the connections to the desert Southwest are pretty phenomenal um, in regards to the, so, so many connections that mm-hmm. that's actually what led me up to, um, you know, the state of Utah. Uh, and I focus in a lot now on the Uinta Basin because of just all the high strangeness that takes place there and I've actually interacted with the UAP for about 92 seconds uh, about 20 miles northeast of Skinwalker Ranch and uh, that was a pretty interesting you know occurrence to have happened uh, and I was actually able to document some of it with uh, video and with uh, cameras Um, but I used a uh, different technology that hadn't been attempted before, which was really fascinating, the mm-hmm. responses that I got back from that. So, um, yeah, so th- there's just so much going on. But, yeah, th- those have been a, a few actual um, interactions that I've had uh, myself and then actually been able to see a lot of the circumstantial evidence with all these photos and documentation.
0: Right. Did you communicate through the light, through different light? frequencies?
1: Well, so two things that I did, uh, having been a police officer, I'm really familiar with uh, radar guns. So I was using the KA band radar, which is, I think it was operating at 34.7 gigahertz. Hmm. And I used a laser and I didn't have any response from that. But this microwave uh, uh, frequency of 34.7 really disturbed the UAP. It it actually, to be trying to evade it so uh and in the course of that i I was able to you know get a lot of photos of this right and it was responding back or at least i was picking up on my spectrum analyzer um, anywhere between one and a half uh, gigahertz to about three gigahertz response which we're starting to find out it happens more often than uh we realize and understand uh, and, and what or why we just don't know yet.
0: Interest. That's really what interesting. Cool. <laughs> wow. Did you get a strange feeling when you saw this? Any like need to run any need to like, did you feel odd or different?
1: No, not really. Just uh, extremely curious and excited. I wanted to make sure I was doing everything right. <laughs> and and trying to collect as much data points as I possibly could. Wow. Maybe I should have been more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know my mom was always very fearful when she had experiences. That's why I asked. And it could be, we knew less, lo- you know, she knew less than people know now.
1: Yeah, we're in a, uh, uh, a time right now i think that even you know with the government um opening up about the uap that they've been monitoring or come across mm-hmm. and with the program that they funded with robert bigelow and uh bass you know the osap program mm-hmm. um i think the public the general public has not just become more aware of you know the term uh, uap ufo um, paranormal, but, uh, I think they're becoming more accepting of the fact that it's possible mm-hmm. and more, of uh, the scientists, uh, are feeling like they're able to actually discuss it and now document it and conduct activity with it, um, without being ostracized from their communities, you know, the academia.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Now, out of curiosity, it seems like when people talk about UFOs, there's always cryptids involved. How do you feel about the Bigfoot and the UFOs? People are associating them a lot lately.
1: Sure. Uh, You know, it's just another form of high strangeness. There's so much activity that individuals see you know you have uh, david pilates with his 411 um, with just thousands of these documented files on uh, bigfoot or sasquatch or some other type of uh, cryptid and you know you have uh, people coming in contact with what they would coin or term alien or extraterrestrial Mm And even you could consider these beings of great stature. You know, we really don't know who or what they are or were. Right. And, you know, I think anything is possible. Um, there's so much natural, like you were saying, natural phenomena that occurs that we just don't quite understand, whether it be atmospheric or maybe these uh, magnetic reconnections occurring that we Mm -hmm. don't know take place within the atmosphere of the earth, that things are maybe created that people coin as a gateway or a portal or a wormhole that, you know, is really some type of gap in between here and another place, both Mm -hmm. temporal and spatial. Uh, And I truly believe that, I know I use this a lot with people, that it doesn't always have to be woo-woo. Right. It, it can actually be, there's scientific understanding to the woo-woo. So what people are talking about, they just don't understand how to properly term what they saw or what uh, they've heard spoken about. Mm-hmm. Um and you just have to dig deeper into the physics of everything. You know, the, the the magnetism that's taking place, the electromagnetism. And even NASA is, you know, currently studying these X points, these portals that open up uh, in the magnetosphere above the Earth. Mm-hmm. So if it happens up there, why can't something be occurring within the atmosphere too?
0: And do you think, black matter has anything to do with any of this phenomena?
1: Yeah, that's a really good point. So, you know, dark matter is everywhere. It's even within, Mm -hmm. within us, you you know, by the time we're the average person of 80 years old dies, they have about a milligram of dark matter in them. Mm -hmm. doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot of something that we can't see or, or study per se. And if this is this fluid uh, throughout the universe that things uh, move around through, uh, almost like a like a bowling ball kind of rolling around on a mm-hmm. bed, you know, it has that bend to it. Um, who's not to say? Uh, again, it's not within the atmosphere. Uh, you know, it, it's so dark, it's colorless. We just can't quite see it or right. have the technology to monitor it.
0: Very true. I just find that really fascinating. I've often wondered about the portholes and dark matter and how involved it is and all that stuff. And one of the questions I have too, you wrote a whole book on shapeshifters.
1: Yes. uh, Fictional, fictional.
0: It's fictional. Do you believe in shapeshifters by any chance?
1: So uh, obviously, you know, a great part of my, uh, a big part of my study is uh, Skinwalker Ranch and all the high the strangeness that's taking place there. And, you know, it's named Skinwalker Ranch uh, because of the, the shapeshifters, the Yine al of the Navajo, the Diné. And um, I believe that there are other beings or creatures that at least were here in the past that mm. existed could still there can always be one-offs. Um, you know, look at the stuff that we find living still in the ocean yeah. that we had no clue or thought, you know, went extinct 230 million 250 million years ago. So, yeah, it, there's so much that we don't know that still exist, and I believe that there's also that that opportunity or possibility that they're just elsewhere mm-hmm. and sometimes that that gap uh opens up here between you know that temporal and spatial difference and possibly something can enter or exit i think that's absolutely possible you know uh the science shows that it's possible right and we think that oh it requires all this great amount of power like a black hole that it has to be this huge power but think of what all the what we consider medicine men or shaman were doing in the past they were using simple tools like a drum and uh, a, a tool which is a reed instrument and fasting and chanting or singing and what they were doing was they were just altering frequency and vibration which is really magnitude and amplitude mm-hmm. so a- again you know we make it so difficult scientifically yeah. to understand anything when it's really uh, simple and anyone can do do this we've just lost the know-how well right. most of us have not everyone
0: I absolutely I, I totally believe that <laughs> it's I I think you're right. I think people it's simple and I think we make it much more difficult.
1: Well, it's, you know, most scientists, they're professional skeptics who are organized mm-hmm. to perpetuate these entrenched scientific dogmas and they they want everything to seem so above the average individual mm-hmm. when everything in the past was a lot simpler and it was being done. It's just a matter of simplifying, you know, what we think is the requirement. It's not always as difficult or requires as much energy that we believe for a lot of things to occur.
0: Yeah. Now, you spent time on the ranch, obviously. Did you experience a lot of stuff where you were there.
1: So I, I kind of feel left out, you know, I I have (laughs) not, I have not experienced what other individuals have. And, and, you know, some of that is very negative and I I don't want to, but, you know, having that uh, scientific mindset and that openness to that, Mm -hmm. I I think it's the the key to, to everything that's occurring. Um, I, I would have, I would like to experience and see more than I have. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that some things have happened and occurred. And I, I've seen, um, one event that was just amazing. Unfortunately, I have an NBA that I can't talk about it. Oh, darn.
0: Um, (laughs) My (laughs) ears are so uh, open. I'm like, yeah, yeah? what is it?
1: (laughs) They've discussed it a little bit. And it, again, it it, is. It appears to be a portal event, um, Interesting. A highly energetic. And it was on this last season, season three of the show. Um, they actually showed it uh, opening up in the sky or at least a, a plasma event occurring. Let, let uh-huh. me, I think it, it's some type of, of portal event, some type of magnetic reconnection, but we can say that it was a plasma event that occurred. Mm, and, wow. But it gets into a lot more detail that hasn't come out yet. So I'm hoping on season 4 which starts here in a couple months they'll talk about it more.
0: I hope so too cuz now I'm very very curious. <laughs>
1: oh, no, it's amazing. I mean it's I'm like really, really
0: <sighs> wow. <laughs> so with all these experiences, where would you like to travel? that you haven't been to do research.
1: Yes. Uh, So I want to go to uh, ancient Armenia, which a lot of it is now Turkey
0: Mm -hmm.
1: uh, because it's really the roots of everything. You know, uh, people always talk about Sumeria being this origin for all of us, but what they don't realize is a lot of that cuneiform was created in order to trade with what we would consider the ancient Armenians or the Mount Ararat people mm-hmm. who were large in stature so it's just an interesting place that their entire history of their nation being built was by two giants fighting right uh, you know and and the good giant winning and and freeing the people and then you know you have things like noah's ark
0: mm-hmm. landing on
1: mount ararat and you find things like gobekli tepi out there, that's yeah. sending our history thousands of years further into the past. And you find these underground ancient uh, cities that housed 250,000 people. And all this is ancient Armenia.
0: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And
1: it's unreal, all these artifacts and these structures that we're finding out there that, you know shouldn't exist, really, if we're sticking to the history that we've been taught.
0: That will be one magnificent place if you get to go there. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Um, I've been to Turkey um, several times with my old profession, and it is absolutely not only breathtaking but mysterious and interesting and I can't imagine going to Armenia. That would be phenomenal. Historically, yeah, I mystically. I mean, oh, wow. <laughs> that would be a wonderful, wonderful show if you could do something like that.
1: Oh, and, uh, you know, with all the the technology I cart around, all this uh, ability to non-invasively look into the ground, who knows, you know, what could be found with uh with all this tech now that we have available to us
0: oh exactly i think you need someone to carry your suitcase <laughs> that would be me there you go <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be amazing amazing so when do you plan to do this
1: <laughs> uh it'll it'll have to be Minimum next year, uh, I'm gonna be heading down in March to uh, the Yucatan again to go to a, a couple of sites down there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and um, then I'll be up in Utah quite a few times during the course of the year.
0: Amazing. You sound like this is just an amazing life
1: uh, it, it's it's a lot of travel. It's fun, you know, I enjoy it, but I mean that you know it it's took. 24 years to be able to start doing it.
0: Right. (laughs) Those things don't happen overnight. Right. (laughs) They take years. (laughs) So what is your next project that's going to be coming up?
1: I'm going to be uh, going down to the Yucatan to go to uh, two sites that haven't had a lot of excavation done. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be taking uh, 3D ground imaging surveyors. Uh, and a GPR system to uh, go over the mounds that we know there's structures under to see if we can, you know, see anything prior to any type of physical excavation being done.
0: Oh, that would be so exciting. I mean,
1: I was, I was in uh, Tula in uh, June or July Mm -hmm. of last year and on top of the pyramid and with the 3d imager i saw uh, metal objects inside the temple that haven't nobody even knows they exist and i actually put it up on my youtube Um, and and it's just incredible because you know at some point tula was completely um, done up in gold and silver and turquoise and for these couple of objects to just be left inside the pyramid, they must have some type of reason, you know, uh, whether it be religious or something other, but similar to I, I would love to be able to get one of the anthropologists or archaeologists in uh, Mexico to, to pull it out.
0: Yeah, that would be oh my gosh, can you imagine witnessing that?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: It would just give you chills. I would just be like in awe
1: yeah i'm I'm so curious. I just want to know what the heck is you know inside the pyramid.
0: oh man you know i, I you're like Indiana Jones to me <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like, darn, I think I missed my calling, <laughs> <laughs> and so with all of this witness and everything you've been working on, let's talk about your YouTube channel for a little bit. Sure. Where do people find it and t- tell me all about it? Cause I'm fascinated. Cause I'm going to start watching. Sure.
1: Yeah. It's uh, on YouTube it's James Keenan giants and paranormal. And so far I have about uh, 70 um, videos up. And first I always tell people it's not videos that you're used to, to entertain their presentations using PowerPoint to to teach or to show uh, what we have found so far,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and this includes sites so far currently from Mexico, Guatemala, uh, Scotland, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Great Britain, Ireland. Uh, the United States, especially the desert Southwest, mm-hmm. and then a lot of the videos are in regards to Skinwalker Ranch and Blind Frog Ranch,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, including underground. So we've we've been underground, wow. and a lot of people don't realize that because all they do is they watch the television series, mm-hmm. and you know we've uh, it's just amazing. Uh, What's down there, and then uh, I'll go in on some of those videos to a, a lot of the history, um, like the the Knights Templar uh, in <laughs> Scotland, yep. when yeah when we were in Roslyn Chapel, and then we went uh, underground uh, to another site real close to it, and show the connections between the two, or we discuss these people of great stature um, in the desert Southwest. I have a lot on the petroglyphs and the pictographs because Mm -hmm. that's a big focus of mine. You know, what I was uh, studying in in Mesoamerica in Mexico actually brought me to northeastern Utah. I didn't know that Skinwalker Ranch was anywhere in that area. And it was actually the petroglyphs that coincided with a lot of what's currently going on at the ranch. So these events have been taking place for thousands of years. Wow. And, and it's really neat to, you know, be able to at least show, hey, here's some documented proof, you know, on material that's not going to be going away anytime soon. All right. So it's really cool. Yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, in a nutshell, that's what it is. And, as we you know we'll go to Ekbalam in in the Yucatan, and I'll put that up here in a couple months. Um, and then I plan on being back up on the Yucatan basin in a week or two. Uh, we'll see how that goes because they say there's a lot more phenomena that occurs during the winter up there. so we'll we'll see if there's you know anything that we're able to document.
0: Wow, that. You mentioned underground near Skinwalker Ranch. Are these tunnels that you're talking about?
1: Yeah, they're cavern systems. Yeah. There's even an underground sump, which is a underground lake. And uh, right. I actually, yeah, we have the photos to show everybody. And, you know, uh, some of the other, the Skinwalker Ranch team are with us underground. We're also going through mines, ancient mines mm-hmm. that were there. Before anybody was supposed to be mining in the area. So, you know, how did that occur?
0: Exactly. Interesting. Oh my gosh, that, that's fascinating. So, you know, I often wonder like unidentified flying objects and, and things that we see. I wonder if they hide in these underground areas ever, or they come through the underground. Yeah, that's
1: a uh, that's a great uh, you know question, and um, there's a good chance. I mean, some of the data points to that, and like you had asked earlier, the cryptids, that mm-hmm. possibility of or, or these one-off creatures uh, existing still underground, having been able to survive. You know, uh, obviously it's the offspring of the offspring of the offspring, but right. they're there and. You know these ecosystems exist underground, yeah. And as we create these new reservoirs where they shouldn't have been, sinkholes uh, form, mm-hmm. which goes into these underground cavern systems. So if something is existing in there, why can't it now come up through the sinkholes right. and enter the reservoirs or the you know the river system? How do you
0: feel about reptilians? yeah i'm uh,
1: I, I I hear about it all the time, but it's nothing that I have uh, you know come across any type of um, ancient evidence or anything. But like I said, I don't uh, you know put anything past having not existed. so it's possible.
0: Right. those always scare me. I don't know why. Probably because I keep thinking <laughs> all of, the
1: stories you've heard. <laughs> yeah, the
0: land of the lost. Do you remember? The yeah. oh, the stack. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, no, <laughs> that's not real. Yeah. As a kid, those scared me to death. And I think yeah. the whole idea of a large lizard that wants to eat us and, and can talk <laughs> is just not a good idea. In yeah, or V.
1: Remember that? Show V.
0: Oh my gosh, yes. I used to love that in the 80s. Oh my gosh, I never missed an episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is just amazing stuff. And wow. And how I feel like they all intertwine, including maybe even the afterlife entities, spirits, the fae. And I often wondered how they're related in some way, and if they are. Yeah. uh, Especially the Fae, because you know how they illuminate, and they're at night, and I often wonder.
1: Yeah, and they're supposed to come out of these gaps, these, um, you know, I'll say it, these interdimensional locations. Mm Mm-hmm. To our existence so you know those are just energetic hot spots they're x points they're gaps between these other places that are spatial and temporal It's absolutely possible i mean they exist in space why can't they exist inside the planet
0: yeah fascinating oh my gosh wow um how do people get a hold of you james
1: um on they can get a hold of me on through facebook um uh, uh-huh i'm uh I believe I'm james period Keenan period seven seven one I think that's my Facebook, or they can go to my author page on Amazon mm-hmm. absolutely and yeah, get a hold of me that way as well.
0: awesome. I know you're extremely busy, and I so appreciated the time I had with you, sure it is incredible and Thank you so much for all the information. and I am ordering a couple of your books tonight. <laughs> oh, great thanks. Remember they're fiction,
1: so, but there's a lot of uh, hidden information. It was just a way for me to get around of, of <laughs> get around. Uh, and
0: yeah. you know that's the cool part. When I was looking at stuff and I saw that, I was like, that's interesting because you do so much research that they probably are just absolutely incredible and very addictive once you start reading yeah. them.
1: You know, there's one, and to my defense, uh, the, the Bigfoot at Skinwalker Ranch sometimes gets bad reviews because I got too detailed because I really needed to discuss stuff with everybody that I couldn't because of my okay. NDA that fit really well into fiction. Yeah. So, <laughs> but. <laughs> so w- when you read that book, remember that I had to put that information in there.
0: <laughs> well, you know, I don't know. It's like it's like I said, I have a bad feeling, and we become addicted to these books because I love stuff like that. <laughs> like I'm not very scientific, but I sure respect a respect it very highly, or I wouldn't be like interviewing people to find out more, but. Wow I'm gonna be ordering those and everyone out there get one of his books. I have a funny feeling you're gonna super enjoy it I know I am uh, thank you <laughs> James and I hope I hope our paths cross and I hope I can talk to you again soon sometime
1: yeah sounds
0: good. All right you have a good evening and thank you
1: Do the same take care
0: bye bye.